shots on the beat, boy. Accent made this. Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to share with you this second part of our interview with Gary Gray Jr. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the first part, that's okay. You can go back and listen to it after you listen to this. It's not uh, you need to listen to one to uh, to listen to the other, but we're just so thrilled to be able to share our conversation and, and the, the relationship that we have with Gary and you know all the things that he's done for us, all the support, and, and just we hope that you feel the the love and the relationship and the admiration we have for him and that we're so thrilled that he has for us. So I um, hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, as always, if you want to support the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it, or you can just go on ahead uh, and, and listen to it and enjoy it. And we hope it helps you become the teacher your students deserve. That's a good, that was a good one. <laughs> I'll give you that. So, we also do really look to you, Mr. Gary Gay Jr., as someone who is a, a real um, inspiration expert leader in equity when it comes to books. So mm-hmm. just wanted to ask you a little bit about how you've cultivated your classroom r- library and what are some of the titles that you think every teacher should have? That's a good question. Um, interesting because like coming from being in my my own class for four years in Singapore I had four years to kind of help build a library that kind of helped with my kids and then coming to another school you kind of have to you read through a lot of books that are there and you try and figure out and do the same thing so um, I spent a lot of time in the library just in general like as a teacher so I go every Tuesday with my kids to the library. Um, something that's very underrated, I think, is like book talk. So just like grabbing like five, maybe ten books that you think kids are gonna want to read. Um, you don't even have to know the books. Like you can read the back of them or whatever the case may be, and just like talk about them in front of the kids and like hype them up. And oddly enough, like kids just like they get so excited that you are trying to sell books to them, uh, and it kind of builds this culture of reading in the classroom. So I do that a lot, and it helps. Um, right now, we're reading Ghost by Jason Reynolds, which the kids love. Like it is a middle school book, um, but the kids have been enjoying it. So I think for me, um, right now, Jason Reynolds. Ghosts. I'm also reading um, The Great Wall of Lucy, which is um, about a Chinese American girl who's kind of spending some time with her family and she's um, getting an aunt who's coming in from China who's spending time with her that she just does not enjoy at all. Um, and we just finished another book called The Bridge Home, which is also somewhat of a middle school novel. Um, about, I think it was three kids who basically ran off from India 
and they basically told themselves that they're going to live um, in the slums and figure out how to live life on their own um, because their dad at one point um, was abusive to their mom. So what I try to do is I try to find books and I think you guys have heard the words like mirrors and windows and all that stuff for kids. So I try to find those things for all the kids that are in my classroom and then use novels to kind of represent them throughout the year. Um, and I love picture books as well. Um, some of the picture books that I use, um, I'm trying to think, I use this new one called Fried Bread. And that is about a Native American um, story. There is Love by Matt De La Pena that I love. Um, what else is there? Um, there is one called Where Where Are You From, which is, I think it's by, um, I think the name is like Jamie King, maybe? But I think that's such a great book because the title Where Where Are You From comes up so much with kids. Like kids genuinely like ask each other, ask people, where are you from? And it's such a loaded question. Um, and I think that's a book that can be taught and read in any grade level. Um, I love books, man. I can have books and share books all day. <laughs> well, how, do, how do you answer that question? Where <laughs> It's hard. I think for me, obviously, like I, I, for me, I, I say Canada. I'm from Preston, Nova Scotia. I'm from like an all black neighborhood. Um, but it's tricky because for me, who like I literally grew up in that like neighborhood. Some kids, like I'd say, kids like in my classroom, like they have moms who are from, let's say, the Philippines, but then they have dads who grew up in America, and then they spend time in both. But then they were actually born in a place where dad was working, so they dad could have been working in like let's say like Russia, and they were born in Russia. So it's like how do you determine where you're from as a kid when your mom and dad are from different places and you're born in a different place, but you're actually like your nationality is like American Filipino. It's like, how do you decide that? Right. Right. So I think one of the things you try to do as much as possible is just like, let the kids decide. Like maybe one day I want to be from Russia. Maybe another day I want to be from America. Like, and having them being able to just talk about that is just like super important. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. I have a young lady in my class. She's relatively quiet. Recently, I went to doing small groups. And so when we in the small group this week, I was being, I was able to pay close attention to her. And I always noticed that whenever she was done, she would open her sketch pad. And when she was done, she was open her sketch pad. And so I just asked her, I said, do you mind sharing with me some of your sketches? And I started looking at it. Each single, every picture told a story. Wow. And when, when she, when I asked her about the picture, she lit up and was just firing off. This is when I was growing up when I was this. This is the tree at my grandmother's house. And this is us playing underneath. This is. This one has those red things. Those are really apples because we were underneath. And like, I'm sitting here like, here we wow. are in January. And I've been trying to pull your teeth to get you to talk to me. And mm -hmm. all I had to do was ask you about your art. Wow. 
you know, wow. I finally, it made me think about it because in one of her pictures, she had all these flags that she had drawn. And these mm-hmm. are flags that represented her culture. I thought she was just Hispanic and she's not. I mean, I thought she was, you know, from Mexico where most of, you know, our kids, the majority of our kids come from Mexico, Mexican-American. Mm-hmm. But she's not. You know, she's throwing in uh, Puerto Rican and, and Cuban and this. And I'm sitting here looking like it's January. Mm-hmm. You know, bad teacher that, you, that you're just now realizing this. But then mm-hmm. I thought, great teacher, because now this kid knows that I'm interested. And even Friday, she's like, you want to see my newest, my newest uh, uh, sketch? <laughs> and when she shared it with me, I was like, oh. you know... Yeah, so I think that any time we can get kids to talk about who they are, who do you think you are, where you're from, any of those questions, I mean, and even getting them thinking about it, if I've never known where where I was from, who do I talk to? Where do Mm -hmm. I start the journey to find out? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That identity piece is just so important. It's so important. And I think it's all the way from being a kid all the way to an adult. Like, it's important to know, like, how do you navigate that question? Yeah. And talk about where you're from. If it's not successfully navigated as a child, then we Mm -hmm. start to put layers on top of what we think is our identity. And so by the time we're an adult, we have no clue. That question as an adult, if I haven't answered it as a kid, becomes super complicated. Mm-hmm. It super me, complicated. It reminds me, Will, of the, uh, the, the knife analogy we've been using a lot lately. Mm-hmm. When you're sharpening that knife, you can't add anything to it to sharpen it. You have to actually take mm-hmm. away things to, in order to sharpen it for it to be useful. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and I was thinking, too, like, how quickly do, you know, especially Americans forget their heritage and where they come from? Mm. Like, I mean, I'm probably fourth or fifth generation. So my family's probably been here a hundred years, but we don't, I don't, I don't claim to be Italian and German. Mm. I only, I only say that when, people ask me what my my heritage is you know and Mm -hmm. and where are you from and what your heritage are are now kind of two different questions but i guess when when you're you know when so many people have moved to america from other places to explicitly become american yeah i mean come on Every morning, we have to say it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I mean, what, um, what you, and what and Wilkie, what do you say after after that pledge? We say the Texas pledge. <laughs> My kids asked me earlier this year if I could still say it, and I can. Uh, honor the honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance, pledge allegiance to the Texas, Texas one, state. one state under God, one and indivisible, one and indivisible. No, one in, one state, one in indivisible. Oh wow! Hold on. Texas flag, Texas, one state, one and indivisible. That's it. Texas, one state, one and indivisible. Y'all are your own country. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, drive around to come to Texas sometime. We'll all go and we'll drive around and you'll see how many people I have bumper stickers that say secede who think Texas is literally still its own country. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's interesting it's dynamic here. <laughs> so we we would be remiss, Gary, to not ask you your thoughts as we go into the all-star break. <sighs> Oh man! What are you asking? What are you asking? Are you asking (laughs) overall thoughts? Yeah, just overall (laughs) thoughts. Let me let me ask you. Here's an interesting question. Predict the predict the three year arc of the Golden State Warriors. I think they're in a very interesting situation right now. Um, I did. I think they're going to be this bad. No, like not even close. But like seeing, I think people are. I think they're forgetting how good Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are. Because like when they come back, they're going to be a very good basketball team. Mm-hmm. What I what I'm more curious about is like the other guys. Like um, they're going to get a, probably like a top three pick, which is like mind-boggling like the team that just like they're going to be one year they they just were in the finals last year all the guys basically got hurt so they basically wrote this year off and now they're going to get a number one pick so that's just going to be intriguing there and then they're gonna they can get a big like they have big guys like Willie Colley Stein's pretty good like what do they do with um what's the guard's name what's his name from New York or from uh, D'Angelo Russell. Like, what do they do with him? Like, they're very interesting. Um, I think after this year, um, they become maybe like that fourth, maybe close to third, probably um, in the West after this year. I think, depending on if they all come back healthy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction. What are, what are your thoughts on the Houston Rockets? That's a tough question. It's a, it's a um, I don't know. I really, I, I think I'm, I'm surprised at how, like, they're winning a lot of basketball games. <laughs> and I think, not, I'm not surprised that they're winning basketball games, but just, like, how they're doing it. Um, having two guys who are like extremely ball dominant, like extremely, and they're still winning. But what are they in third right now? Are they in third? I think they're in third. Yeah, I think they're third behind the Lakers, and maybe like they might be ahead of the Clippers. But then Denver's for, in there too. Yeah, for two for two guys who are extremely ball dominant and being like, I think third place is good. But I'm more curious about the playoffs for them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like it all doesn't really, they're they're gonna be good in the pre like the regular season they just have enough talent but what do they do in a seven game series against like a good team um, we'll see I don't claim to be an NBA fan I don't like this I'm prefacing <laughs> and I may be co opting just for the fact that I'm from Wisconsin but true or false the Milwaukee Bucks will be the NBA champs false. Come on, man. <laughs> I know the Packers are the Packers are playing tomorrow and they ain't going to the Super Bowl. I had really 
I think I'm thinking about the East, and I really don't know. I don't think anyone else is gonna really beat them. I really I thought in the beginning, but they're not really good right now. I think they'll make it to the finals, but I don't think they're beating anyone in the West, though. Just can't see it. Locke, any pressing NBA questions for our resident NBA analyst? No, I think he's spot on about a lot of it. Um, I, I I really think this is Bron Bron's year again. Um, uh, I think he's going to prove that wherever he goes, he can bring a championship with him. Um, you know, I am I will forever be a LeBron fan. I, I saw I salute the young gentleman, young man for doing what he's doing in the way that he's doing it. Um, I just think this is his year. I do. I really, his, I, I really like the concept of his, of his HBO show, whatever it's called, the, the shop where they just sit in the barbershop. I really, cool. I, I haven't got to watch a lot of it, but I really like it. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. This is a question, Gary, that was kind of off the top of my head that we were talking about earlier, but if you could give a message to our students, my eighth graders, Wilkie's sixth graders, to kind of, you know, inspire them through the rest of the year, something that you think is important for them to hear, what would it be? A message to your sixth graders, or sorry, your eighth graders or sixth graders, um, just for like overall year. Yeah, just in, anything you would want to say to them to help them, you know, be inspired to get them through what Ooh. message you you would want them to hear. I would say that your voice matters. I think even though sometimes your voice may feel or sound small, it still matters. Period. <laughs> I think I think the the toughest part about sometimes one of the toughest things about being a kid sometimes is that you feel like you're not being heard. Um, and I just take all these examples of these kids who are doing things through social justice or through um, climate change. Like there's so many people that kids not adults, kids that are like standing up against things or just kind of pushing the narrative about specific things that adults are doing wrong in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't think those are the only kids that can do it. Um, I think all kids have it in them somewhere to, to make change. And it doesn't have to be on that scale. It can be through... Um, your house, it can be through friendships, it can be through community, it can be through school. Um, but I think the message would be just like hoping that they understand that their voice does matter. It definitely does matter. They're the future. They are the future. Yeah. You know, when you were thinking, when you were saying that, that your voice matters no matter how small it is, I think I was thinking about my time at, um, when I was in the band, and I remember my band director used to always say, the tuba and the flute still have to play in concert together for the music mm-hmm. to come across. And I That's think right. a lot of times our flutes 
in the classrooms and in our schools and in society. You know, Gary Vee talks about it all the time. We're not amplifying those voices enough um, uh, above the tubas because the tubas are loud. You know, even being soft, they're loud. So how do we get the flutes to come up? And he would always say, make sure the flutes have to remember they're playing with tubas and tubas have to remember they're playing with flutes. And that. that keeps it balanced. Love that. Mm. I love that. Not mine, Dr. William Portis. <laughs> Got to give credit to where it comes from. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, Will, any other pressing questions you'd like to ask Mr. Gary Gray Jr. before we get out of here? No, I think I think um, no, no. Did you find a place to put all your Jordans? I did not. <laughs> I did not. It's so frustrating. I basically you see them in boxes back. There. I see the boxes behind you. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> it's so frustrating. But I don't. I don't have that many. Honestly, I really don't have that many. But just again, it's one of those things. Moving to a new space, mm -hmm. trying to figure out where. Like, this is my privilege talking right now. Like, trying to figure out where to put my shoes. Like. <laughs> It should well, be, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, that, and I, I'm the same way with hats. So I, I, my wife has kicked all of my hats out of our bedroom closet. And <laughs> I have to put them in the spare room now. Um, so they're kind of everywhere. But um, my daughter's slowly building up her sneaker connection. Uh, collection. I, like I, I, I told I her, like it. our goal is, I told her every, 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 every report card that she gets an A average, she gets a new pair of sneakers. And so she like missed it. it. She missed it this last report card period by like two points. Uh-huh. Um, and it's only because of math. So she, I, I know next time she's gonna be gunning for it. So um she uh, she 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 she's a sneakerhead. So any any shoe of choice? She's a Jordan. She's a Jordan girl. Mm. She's a Jordan girl. She, I think How right did now that happen? Has, How old is she? She's 13. How did that happen? She's They're never back. she's never she's never seen Michael Jordan play. She's that's what I. That's what I. That's what I mean. Right, right, and and so I, it's the culture, and that's you know talk about branding. You know, he he did such an Nike did such an amazing job with branding Jordan that even, I mean, <coughs> you don't see the tonics are dropping the 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 retro Hakeem's or you know <laughs> you're not getting anybody else, but they're dropping retro Jordans, the same same shoes that existed you know, 25, 30 years ago. Now, in these Color waves. Yep. Yeah. And I, I use that, we were talking about economics, and I use that example in my class of how, you know, across time Jordans have sold. But now, I have several kids in my class that could tell you exactly what a particular pair of Jordans cost retail and exactly what they can flip for. I love it. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. I watched, got went down this like rabbit hole like a couple weeks ago on YouTube and like just watching, I don't know what it's called, sneaker con or something like that. And there's these literally kids in this big warehouse with a, there's just like a trade show basically for shoes. And these kids must be anywhere from 13 years old to like 20 years old. And they're flipping shoes for like, two grand, three grand, 
five grand. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, and they know like exactly how much these shoes cost, how much they should be sold for if they've been worn. They know how to look at the shoe and tell me if it's fake or not. Like, mm-hmm. I think that is like, that is amazing. If, if a kid's able to do that and that's like their interest, good on you. Right. And then you. as educators, we have to figure out how can we bring that element into everything totally, else? Totally. Totally. <clears throat> you can never tell a kid that like this, whatever they're doing, whatever they're thinking their future is going to be, they can't make a living from. Because any, like, I, you see it all the time. Like, you see people online playing video games and they're making money from it. Like, it's a, it's a job. Like, you can't literally tell kids that they can't do something and make a living off it anymore. They told us that. You're not going <laughs> to ever make money playing that video game. Get yeah, off that game. Example, I was... <laughs> now you like can't say that. Very, you can't. Like, it's, it's a small number, but it's possible. Like, there's people doing it. Like, you're but online you making videos. Yeah, but, I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's not just, like, online making videos. Like, there's so many more jobs in those industries and like mm-hmm. you know a successful a, a successful blog or vlog or podcast like you can mm-hmm. make enough living like 100 it's so crazy like i've showed my kids a few of the videos of the guy uh his name is mark robber he's on youtube he was he's a former nasa engineer mm-hmm. who now just does these crazy like engineering videos and puts That's them cool. on youtube and my favorite one he did was like he did a porch pirate box. <laughs> when people came and took the box off his front step, when they opened it, a pound of glitter exploded. <laughs> and and then like fart, 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 fart machines went off and it sprayed people. And then and then he had it, but like he set up four phones to record the whole thing. So he has like the video of these people opening up the boxes. It's it's like you said, man. It's you you can make a living doing anything now. Mm-hmm. You can develop your own thing, and it can be absolutely. It can be anything. It can be absolutely anything, and you can make a living off of it. Yeah, as long as you're committed to it. Agree. And, and that's you know that's the same thing I tell my daughter all the time. I'm like, I don't care what it is that you decide to do. You may say I don't mm-hmm. want to go to college. You may say I don't want to do this. Make a decision of what you want to do and commit to it. Mm-hmm. And in that commitment, you'll find out whether or not I tell everybody you'll know whether or not you want something when you take that, when you have to take those steps to go get it. Mm-hmm. The first step may not tell you, the second step may not tell you, but by step 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, mm-hmm. you start to like, nah, this ain't this. I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm not, I'm nowhere. Nope, this is not it. Then you change it. Mm-hmm. Then you change it and find something else. But mm-hmm. you got you to gotta at least go. Mm-hmm. You got to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, one, one thing I forgot to ask you about, how was the... Uh, do you want to talk any progress on the book? Because now we we could we could be accountability partners because we've committed <laughs> to finishing our first book this year. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So what is it? Can you tell me? Like, I don't know if I knew this or not. Uh, I don't. Not many people know it. I mean, we talk a little <laughs> bit about well, it. They know but, now. Um, <laughs> It's called the ABCs of Inspired Teaching, and we've we've picked out twenty six words that we think all help teachers understand what Inspired Teaching is, mm-hmm. and 
each there are there's eight chapters right mm -hmm. eight chapters yep so we kind of pair these pair a few words together and explain them and how they fit into how teachers can be in can teach inspired like it i love it Mm -hmm. gentlemen you you guys are holding out like you gotta let that loose <laughs> i know we we've been doing we've been doing we've, we've done we've gotten a, at least a rough draft of chapter one done yeah so um if yeah. we keep on this pace we'll have it done by the end of the year well and, mm. and to your point though wilkie talking about commitment like when you said that it makes me think about like the journey we've been on because mm -hmm. when we started we expected that we were just going to blow up yeah, <laughs> you know, we, we expected that we were going to get businesses to work with us and all this stuff. And uh, of all the things we've done the last four years that we've been, you know, four plus years now we've been doing this, we, we've, our commitment hasn't always been strong, but we've stayed committed the whole time. To the course, mm -hmm. stay committed to the course. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, and thinking about the mistakes we've made and the things that we thought were going to be great that weren't great and... You know, we were going to, we were originally, we were going to write a book that was all the things we've learned in the podcast. And then we downloaded the transcripts of like 70 podcasts and realized it was like a thousand pages <laughs> of text. And a lot. It, it just, but all those things were not, were not genuine to us. Those, those are things that were easy. It was available. It was easy to do. This one's going to take more thought because again, yeah. It has to be, if it's not meaningful for us, we're not going to be able to make it meaningful for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and it goes back to your guys' name, like it, it's value, like right. what you're going, what you're doing now, and like the way you're explaining, it's going to give value to educators. So yeah. I'm excited yeah. for you. Um, we read this, um, anything good you've been reading yourself recently? Um... I just read a book called Heavy. Um, it's by Casey. I think it's Casey. I may be saying his name wrong. Um, his last name's like Lyman, L-Y-M-O-N. And it's called, uh, or it's basically Heavy and it's like an American memoir. Man, it was... It was one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's pretty before heavy that, yeah. And before that book, I read a book called um, There, There um, by Tommy Orange. Also one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. Like if I had to honestly put books on a shelf and say, which ones am I taking with me? Those two books would probably be in my top five for sure. Two books you guys need to read, definitely. Wrote them down, definitely. Yeah, yeah. they're amazing. Both of them, both of them. One of them is about basically. Uh, um, there, there is about a Native American. Um, he's Native American. And he's born in Oakland, and basically the story is about all these different characters. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. Like it's not your. your when you, when you hear about Native American, you often think of like one typical story, often what we were taught in school, what you hear on the news, et cetera. Um, he does such a great job of explaining some of the things that, his, that Native Americans go through, how people talk about Native Americans, 
Um, it's just, it's such a powerful book, such a powerful book. Um, and Heavy is, um, a, he's, I think he's from, I want to say, Mississippi, I think maybe. Um, he's Black. He talks about his struggle with his mom. He talks basically about how America screws him over um, in so many different aspects of life and why some things are good at times, why some things are bad. It's just such a, the book almost had me in tears, guys, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's such a powerful, powerful read. Um, I don't. I do suggest don't read them back to back. <laughs> spread them out. Definitely spread them out. But they're both two amazing books. Copy that. All right, Will. Anything else we want to tackle? No. 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 Who do you have for the Super Bowl? <sighs> Come on, go with my boy. Number twelve. <laughs> Coming back, Aaron Rodgers. I would, I, you know what? I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if they won. But for some, but, but, it would, I'm just saying it would be nice if the Titans win. <laughs> I, it would be. Right there now, with you. Like, how amazing of, would that story be? Like, yeah. That you take Tannehill, who was basically, like, written off for dead in Miami. Oh, my gosh. Like, that would just be, that would be, like, a true Cinderella story. Like, I'm just talking about knock down some giants. Like, they beat some really good teams. Oh, if they beat, if they beat the Chiefs, then. Oh. That's maybe one of the most difficult paths a team has taken. Oh, absolutely. The AFC itself is, is probably, I mean, that's, yeah. Right? You have to knock, you have to go through literally teams that have either won it before or have been really close to winning it. Consistently. Consistently. <laughs> yeah. So, so hats off to them. But if, if, if anyone, yes, yeah, I would love to see the Titans do it. But then, yeah, sure, you know, Green Bay, yeah. wrap up up this podcast i'm i'm gonna propose something here i i'm going to propose that we make gary jr interviews quarterly i am down so we commit 100 commit we commit to connecting at least quarterly for the podcast I'd, I'd love that. It's, really, it's actually really refreshing. So, you know, and we can just have Zooms that we don't, we can just, you know, like Zoom just as friends. Like, yeah, I yeah. love that. I actually love that. I'm sure it'd be some great sound bites in there that, that would not, <laughs> mm-hmm. if we didn't have a structured, <laughs> a structured question, we'd probably have some really good sound bites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Let's do that, gentlemen. For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Gary, as always, my friend, we, appreciate having you on the podcast absolutely thank you guys you guys are the originals man i'm telling you before we get started on this episode everybody we want to take a chance to talk to you about a platform and a company that we believe in and that's nearpod now we've had a relationship with nearpod for over a year now and it is by far the best educational platform we've ever used. 
what Nearpod is, is a presentation and engagement tool that you can use with your students. The things we love about it is you can create lessons that can either be paced by you, the teacher, or you can create lessons that allow your students to work at their own pace. And it's interactive. And one thing they've just added that makes it so much easier is it can integrate with Google Slides and Focac. So, if you want to try Nearpod for free, go to this website, go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value. That's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value to try Nearpod for free. Thank you.